George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Good evening and welcome back to Daddy's Fantasy Basketball League Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Dague, and with me as always are my two, yes I said two, co-hosts, Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's up everybody? And he's back. Zach Mueller, Daddy's back, boys. How uh, hey. how was uh surviving the snowstorm? Do you have any uh crazy sliding off a mountain stories for us? No, it got uh, it got pretty uh iffy up driving from Albuquerque to Farmington. If anyone's gotten the pleasure of making that drive, but didn't realize uh it was gonna be a blizzard on our way there. So thankfully, no accidents. Yeah, thankfully. What's funny about all of that is uh, we say all that, but really the real reason you missed the pod was I think you were just getting food. So way to go, Zach. What a guy. What a guy. But boys, we had uh, we had basketball this week. In fact, we had really, really good basketball, uh, multiple game winners. Um, we had Dame's game winner. We had Russ's game winner. We had... Uh, Devin Booker's game winner this week. Some really, really awesome basketball. Uh, And so I'm pretty excited to get into this podcast, get to talk some basketball, get to talk some fantasy with you guys. But um, let's let's just start there at the game winner. Uh, Why don't we each go around and talk about like which one was our favorite if you got a chance to to watch it. Um, And then I actually have a couple of crazy stats in regards to them. Uh, So Gabe, you have any thoughts? Can we just... uh... Can we just talk about how Russell Westbrook, every time he shoots a three, like that doesn't matter at all, you know that it's probably not going to go in. But then I feel like every time he gets in the situation where like he needs to give himself a vote of confidence to just keep shooting volume threes, he always hits that one. It makes no sense. And it's like, like watching that game, it was, I mean, I, I love watching a healthy Russell Westbrook just because. He's so athletic. He's so explosive. And, uh, like, when he's attacking the rim, and when you're playing the Nets, you're always attacking the rim because there's nobody who's going to stop you. Kevin Durant is going to slide over. 180-pound Kevin Durant. <laughs> exactly. no, like, you're always attacking the rim. <laughs> so, like, that game was, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Obviously, as basketball fans, we, we love watching high-scoring good offenses. And when a team like the Nets just chokes away a lead to the worst team in the NBA, like that has to sit at the top of my like most memorable slash favorite uh, buzzer beaters from the week. Yeah, man. Uh, the Russell Westbrook one was freaking awesome. Uh, came off of like a crazy, like, so Bradley Beal hit the, the three. The worst inbound pass of all time. Dude, what was Joe Harris doing? That was I so wild. Know. So <laughs> wild. Straight to the Wizards, who then just i don't know man i i I think what was funny about that though is like so bradley beal dribbles straight down the court 
hits a three, just cold-blooded, right? Like two people in his face. Then the steal happens, and Russ immediately like sprints out to the three with his hand up in the air, like no intention of ever passing that ball to Bradley Beal. He had just missed another three that was a very similar situation, and he's still like the most trigger happy like confident player i've ever seen i mean so, but that's that's anyways. part of uh that's part of the allure of russ right like is. he is never going to back down from that moment so that was You're actually right. it You're was right. uh, and and honestly for every like crazy comeback think like the aggies and that crazy march madness run they had yeah. and like this one like for every insane offensive play there is there's a really really poor turnover and the team that the aggies were playing and like i mean the nets missed a layup the 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 nets missed a layup that would have won them the game and they just it was point blank just missed it and i don't really know what happened there was another foul i think it was like a like an off-ball foul. I don't remember it the exact way that the game ended, but it was just such a blur because Russ hit that three-pointer and then everyone was really like, just didn't know how to react. And it was it was a fun end of the game, but the Nets down the stretch executed. They could not have executed worse. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Zach, did you have a favorite game winner? Yeah, it was really funny to to see Gabe uh, sending in the text how terrible Russell was playing. And then <laughs> yeah, he hit that and he said, never mind. I said, never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm I'm not a huge Russ fan, but honestly, if I had to pick one, it would be that one. Um, just because I was watching that game live, too. And like y'all said, the Nets just completely choked. Um, what I thought about it, though, was like, you know, we don't think of Russ as a very clutch, like, three-point shooter or anything. I almost think it helped that he just caught it and couldn't even think about it and just had to fire it up without, like, processing a thought. Oh, man. When Russ doesn't have to think about anything, he's probably one of, like, the best players ever. It's whenever he starts thinking where it's like, oh, Lord, here it goes. Yeah. It it was a great play. I have no idea what Joe Harris was thinking, but uh, it was a, a great play. Well, uh you know, I feel like we're sleeping a little bit on that Damian Lillard um, buzzer beater. I don't know if you guys caught that one, but there was <clears throat> there was a jump Wait, ball. Uh, oh man, now I can't even remember who they were playing. But there was like a there was a jump ball that tied up. I think it was the Bulls. I actually want to okay. say that it was the Bulls. Uh, so there was a jump ball at the end of the game. The uh, Blazers are down by two. There's about mm-hmm. uh, six seconds left on the clock. I want to say. Mm-hmm. the blazers win the tip but it was kind of weird like the ball gets tipped out to half court and it's kind of just getting like batted around on mm-hmm. the floor to where they couldn't really get a hold of the ball uh and then one of the blazers players i can't remember who it was finally picks it up and is able to find damian lillard um but of course like the whole team knows that dame's about to shoot this shot so they run out to throw a hand up in his face and he does this like crazy step back uh step back three there you go zach he does this crazy step back three like over the hand of of uh of the defender and like just drills it as time expires um they had just hit a big shot before that and then tied the ball up so like it was it was back-to-back days of just really really crazy game winners um so if you guys didn't get a chance to see that one i definitely encourage you to look it up just like the last 10 seconds of the game, the Bulls totally choked it away. Um, yeah, I, uh, 
I will definitely have to go back and watch that one. I don't think I saw it, but a lot of it is just because watching Portland games now, it's like Dame Lillard and like who else offensively does that team have? Like Nasir Little went for 30 points last night. <laughs> I don't even know. Like I was on an NBA roster <laughs> and I don't think I would have had they stayed healthy. So that's funny. Like, yeah. So I was trying to look up this tweet as we were talking, um, but I just couldn't couldn't find it. But essentially it was talking about NBA teams, their record whenever they're up by at least five points with uh-huh. nine seconds or left less left in the game. Um, and after the Russell Westbrook shot, the total record for all teams was like nine and 21,600, you know, nice. like some, some <laughs> yeah. stupid stat. But two of them had happened in two days because of the Dame shot and the Russ shot. And so, oh my God. yeah, it was just like super bizarre, like what I we had seen this that, week. I didn't realize that the Damian Lillard shot was in the same like comeback because yeah. I think the Wizards were down eight with like twelve seconds. Is that the threshold that you were giving, or something close to that? So it was something close to that. I really wish I could find the tweet so I could <laughs> be actually spitting facts and not just off yeah, the top no, of my no, head. That's, uh, that's crazy. But it was uh, it was of similar nature in a comeback attempt. Yeah. So. And we're also uh, neglecting the the shot that made Zach uh, reinvest into uh, uh, an alcohol well, addiction. <laughs> so this is actually a great. <laughs> this is actually a great transition. Let's uh, let's transition to how the Mavericks week went this week, Zach, and uh, just just kind of give us an update, buddy. How's the mental health? How are we doing? So have any of y'all seen the uh, show Breaking Bad? I started mm-hmm. it, but hated it. So, so you know, like how at the start he goes in and gets diagnosed with like cancer, right? Sure. Yep. So, so that's what I feel like as a Mavs fan right now. I just got <laughs> diagnosed with a, a terminal, terminal illness? illness, and there's nothing that I can do right now. So, so my my question to that is, you feel that way because you feel like there's no hope, right? Like you don't feel like this team can turn it around. So. That that's the thing. Because the, moment, the, the, I, the reason the reason I ask that is because this team is not that different from last year's Mavs team, personnel wise. Like I feel like they just might be in a slump. Like I feel like they can really they, they could turn it around. I think you have problems like at center and interior defense wise, but I don't think it's as as Maxi Kleber is still not even off of his minutes restriction from COVID. And like just his return yesterday made y'all a lot better. Yeah, there there are a bunch of factors in there, but I really don't want to give them excuses for everything. But like you're saying, I saw some statistic today that we've had so we've had forty one man games missed. So that's like one right. player minimum. We've had 41 missed already, and that's the highest in the NBA. Because Maxi was out, I want to say, like 12 games himself. Then you had Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Brunson, all those guys out. That's one thing. And we weathered the storm okay for a little while till the end of that. Um, And then I also saw today we've played the toughest schedule in the NBA um, going based off of records right now. So if, if... if you want to give them an excuse, I guess you can give them that. But honestly, what I've seen over the past probably 10-plus games 
it it's making me lose my mind. Like the last two games, they've played okay. Yeah, um, shown effort. Like I I know the efforts there. They're trying, but before that, man, we were looking like a college team. Like we yeah. looked. I have no idea what we were even doing. Yeah, it was it was it was always going to be hard. There, y'all were starting um, like different lineups, like ten or eleven different starting lineups. Willie Colley Stein has been gone from starter to out of the rotation. Wesu Wundu has gone from starter to out of the rotation. Like just. It's like I don't know how cohesive you can play as a team when you don't even know who's catching the ball in the corner, like when you pass it there. You know, like it's I feel like I give this Mavs team a little bit longer to get their feet under them because we've seen teams that are getting pieces back and they look a lot better. And uh, like, I mean, the Wizards, the Grizzlies are on a hot streak after they've postponed some games. So I think that it takes a little bit of time, but I'm hopeful, I think. Maybe more yeah, hopeful than you. I, I think maybe I, it's like a short-term illness, not so much a cancer, like the original analogy. I have not <laughs> given up completely yet, but I think these next 10 games are going to honestly define our season because sure. it's a pretty weak upcoming 10 games. And in my opinion, we have to win at least seven or eight of them to have a chance at playoffs when it's all said and done. So... so where do you think that you guys end? Like realistically, like where? What's your range for where this Mavs team could end? So you know how the Trailblazers were fighting for their life last year to make playoffs. Yeah, I think that's gonna be us. It's either gonna be you barely don't make it or you barely do, and then we're gonna have to play either the Jazz, Clippers, or Lakers. And I mean, with a fully healthy team, if they get to that point where they're playing well together. I think we could at least make it a decent series, but I don't see us beating any of those three teams. Maybe the Clippers. I'm not that certain this year. But those three teams are going to be hard to beat for anybody. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you would like to be the four seed or five You're seed right. at worst, but I just don't see that happening. So I yeah. I think we've pretty much screwed the pooch, and we will be probably fighting for our lives the rest of the year and we'll we'll see how it works out but uh before we move on i've got quite a few stats that i want to go over with y'all yeah i want to hear them so let's let's get into this a little bit let's do it so the mavs have lost their last six games so as a lifelong mavs fan i can't remember a time that we've lost six games in a row. I know in the 90s, we lost something like 20 in a row. That was like before I was born. We were the worst team in the league. But in the Dirk era and this Luka era, I I honestly have never seen a team lose this many games in a row. We've lost nine of our last 11. And then, like I said a minute ago, the next 10 games are going to kind of define our season, in my opinion. And then here's a few stats for y'all on the offensive end. So this team is the worst three-point shooting team in the league. We are 30th, dead last, and we're shooting 32.8%. So like Gabe said a second ago, the personnel hasn't changed a ton, but where it has changed, we picked up the, the two most notable guys are Josh Richardson and James Johnson. James Johnson has actually shot the ball decently well, but I... I mean, he doesn't get that many minutes, to be honest with you. Like, I don't even think he played yesterday. And then Josh Richardson is one of the worst 
shooting three point guards that I've seen in my life. He's shooting worse than Luca. Yeah, he he's really struggling. So, uh, that that's three point percentage. Uh, points just straight up points. We're twenty third in the league. We're averaging just under a hundred and nine. So I wouldn't say that's horrible, but based off how good our offense was last year, that's a pretty terrible dip. Um, field goal percentage, we're at 18th. We're shooting 45.7% as a team. It's not great, not terrible. We're right in the middle. Um, rebounds, we are 28th in the league. So we are third from being last. We average 42.6 a game. I can tell you over the past 10 games, there have been at least three or four games where we have been out-rebounded by 15 to 20 a game. So that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And so we go to assists. Our team is averaging, we're 28th in assists. We're averaging 22 per game. And Luca's averaging half of those. So that tells you the ball movement is terrible as well. Or people can't knock down shots, which they're not. So there's a ton of really, really bad stuff going on on the offensive end. So that makes you think, well, maybe if we're doing so bad on offense, maybe maybe defense is improved, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Then you take a look at the two main defensive stats, if we're going by team stats, steals and blocks. So steals, we are 20th in the league, averaging 7.1, not very good either. And then blocks, we are 23rd. And we average four point seven a game. Do you do you know? Sorry, do you know what your defensive rating is? Just because, uh, like steals and blocks are really not a good indicator of how well yeah. a team plays defense. These were just team stats that I had on here, but I would actually be curious if one of y'all wants to look that up because I honestly have no clue. Uh, what? Well, tell you what. I know. Has the uh, best defensive rating in the NBA for well, the was, last six games. I was gonna say, <laughs> let's go ahead. Hey, Zach, while while we're moving on to a different team, why don't you look that up and like let us know where they're at, and we can kind of talk about it. But, um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the Rockets, Gabe, and uh, let's hear about that number one defense, baby. Yeah, number one defense, and honestly, the Rockets are. Uh, I heard somebody say that they're playing as like an extension of Steven Silas's basketball mind. And I really do believe that. I don't think that anyone on this team like feels entitled or feels selfish. They all feel like they have something to prove and they're all, they're all good defenders. They all uh, are, are, are agile and they can switch onto multiple positions. They help, they help over well. Like they're just, they're good. John Wall is one of the best shot blocking guards in the NBA and he takes pride in it. Like if you take pride in your defense, it's something that it it immediately makes it better. You know, like uh I think of like a Marcus Smart or a Patrick Beverly, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these guys, like they take pride in the way that they defend and it makes you instantly a better basketball player. Especially from and, like the point guard position, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because you're taking on the best of the best night after night, you know? Like, it's not... You don't get a night off if you're uh, guarding a point guard in the NBA. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the defense is awesome, and I've loved watching um, the way that they've developed since the Harden trade, but the offense has also uh, been pretty... Uh, pretty special on this six game win streak and it's i mean there's we have so many people in like last night i think we had seven players in double figures or something like that like we are sharing the ball well christian wood is such 
such a good basketball player. Like he is a he he's dynamic. He can shoot from the outside. He is uh, improving. I feel like every game and that chemistry that I was talking about before. I feel like it's developing uh, pretty quickly between Oladipo, John Wall, Christian Wood, all those guys. And honestly, I think we have like one of the best second units in the NBA just because like someone said that our whole team is rotation players and I kind of agree with that, but yeah. it's like it's like high, high level, level for sure. You can give these guys 26, 28, 30 minutes a night and they'll go out and, and, and they'll dominate. You, you would start them on some NBA teams and they would they would play 34, 36 minutes a night and they would play well. And so like between Eric Gordon and Boogie Cousins kind of Boogie and Christian Wood is confusing, especially for fantasy, just because like we've tried some lineups with them out there together, but like that's when our defense starts to take a hit because now we have a lot more limitations on who can switch on to who and a lot slower rotations. And it, it doesn't really work if Boogie's not playing or if Boogie's playing like power forward or if Christian Wood is playing power forward. And so that minute split is hard, but Boogie, I feel like has kind of embraced that role. And I mean, he's shooting lights out from three, which is crazy. He's shooting 40% from three the last six games and uh, Eric Gordon shooting 40% from three. And like, I don't know. It's just, it's been fun to be a Rockets fan, uh, at least for a little, just because like we said, the, the top teams in the West are going to be really hard to beat in a playoff series. But having like a star that you had built your franchise around, um, like have a, such a sudden move, an emotional, like a, an emotionally devastating move uh, to have your team not just like spiral, but instead like rally behind its coach, rally behind its players and believe in themselves. Like, I think it's just, it's just been fun, a fun time to be, the uh, Rockets fan, and honestly, they beat the Mavs and the and the Thunder now. So we're two and zero here on the uh, podcast head to head. Bro, you you guys dominated the Thunder, <laughs> so we don't even have to talk about that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all, it also helps that we made twenty eight threes in that game, which is a franchise record. Hey, happy to be everybody's punching <laughs> bag, man. It's a good feeling. <laughs> Tough. Oh man. Well. But- Oh, did you have any more on the Rockets? Sorry. No, no, that's uh, that's about all I've got. It's uh, encouraging for yeah, sure. I will and I'm say, glad that we're getting our chemistry worked out. I will say this is honestly the first time since James Harden has been with the Rockets. This is probably the most I've like been accepting of y'all's team of like, uh, I really wouldn't mind watching them win, you know, because you just have yeah. so many players that are just you either comeback yeah, players or yeah, yeah. playing playing with a chip on their shoulder or yeah. anything right like that right so that's been cool like, and yeah. honestly yeah. you guys have been one of the best teams in the league the last like 11 games so it's been a uh, it's been super cool to see after yeah. the james harden trade uh and then and if, uh, if us and the grizzlies both win tonight i'm not sure how the games are going then we meet on thursday with the uh two highest winning streaks in the nba the memphis grizzlies and the houston rockets oh, baby dude. that's like awesome everyone predicted. that's awesome let me tell you the grizzlies ain't gonna be on that list anymore <laughs> do they get back 25 right okay now. that sucks i mean i was confused how they were even doing it because jonas jonas valanciunas is not even playing and like i i look at their their personnel and i'm like i guess they're just uh 
cohesive and John Moran is playing well, Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark, they're balling out, I guess, but I haven't watched too many of their games. So I'm like a trying to put the pieces together with the box scores. And I'm like, what in the, how are they doing this? Um, <laughs> as far as the thunder go. So I think last time we had talked about, um, the thunder have like the second or third worst net rating in the league. And that's because when they win, they barely win. And when they lose, they lose really badly. Um, and that trend has continued this week. Uh, so we beat the Suns, who I'd like to point out beat the Mavs last night. Um, we did beat the Suns by five. It was funny. So that was like a Chris Paul reunion game. Uh, and so I know like Shay really wanted to show out for his his former mentor. And yeah, you know, like they're, they're still boys. They're super cool. But uh, so Shay actually had a really good game. Um, and Chris Paul was actually super unclutch in that game and was one of the reasons the Suns lost, uh, which I thought was funny because he was so clutch for the Thunder. Um, and then we got absolutely massacred by the Nets. They scored 147 points on us. We virtually played no defense. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, the Nets are really good. And then we already talked about the Rockets destroying us last night by 30, 136 to 106. So, um, two like big blowouts uh and then like one pretty competitive game which has been par for the course for this team all year um i think it's gonna continue i think the ra- the losses are gonna keep racking up uh but i did want to point out in a positive note um as of one day ago uh so shea gilgis alexander he is scoring 1.04 points per possession as the pick and roll ball handler so far. The only other heavy usage players that are better than SGA this year are Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, and Bradley Beal. Oh wow. That's the that's only yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one. only three yeah. people. And in fact, he's been better than uh than Luca, Trey Young, and Donovan Mitchell as the pick and roll ball handler this season. So although it's been um, like kind of a bumpy ride from a team perspective, SGA mm-hmm. is blossoming into like uh, he he is a bona fide star. Like he really oh, is, yeah. you know. And oh, so yeah. I don't think anymore it's a question of like whether he's going to be a star in this league. It's going to be is he going to turn into a superstar? And I know there's still questions with all of that to be said. In no way am I saying he's on the level of those those guys I just listed, but he's showing a lot to like raise his ceiling, which is really, really cool. Even in the midst of, of tough games, um, that we're getting blown out in. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to point out was, uh, now that these losses are starting to rack up a little bit, uh, I think they're going to continue to rack up. So I'm going over here to tankathon Nice. and a huge like development in this year is as Thunder fans, we were all excited about like the Houston pick uh, that was coming up uh, for us that we had the rights to swap with you guys with, and then you guys have just like played really, really well. Well, the funny thing is, is the other team that we have the rights to swap with are the Miami Heat, and they have been dreadful this season. Yeah. They have the fourth worst record in the league at seven and thirteen, um, and and that pick is not protected, so. Like, that is the Thunder's pick outright. Um, And so if the season ended today, the Thunder would have the number four and the number nine picks in the draft 
for next year oh, if wow. everything held you know lottery wise whatever right yeah. but the heat uh, that's another team a lot like the mavericks where sure like the right now feels bad but like they've started a different player every night i feel like and jimmy Butler is just getting back kendrick nunn went from like dropping 30 to out of the rotation like i feel like these teams who have been devastated by covid like they didn't even get it, it's such a con- compressed season that they like don't even know what their identity is and i know the heat were in the finals and their personnel hasn't changed all that much so they should have more of an identity than they do but like i i still feel like i don't know teams like the mavs and the heat there's no way they finish where they are right now there's just, there's just no way like unless there's an implosion yeah no i i more <laughs> than likely you are correct right um but to see them sitting at 7 and 13 now is like Huh. Yeah, who who knows where that might end? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It's cool now where I get to see that happening. Who knows if everything corrects itself? But my questions for the Thunder are: Did you see that George Hill? He had finger surgery, so he's out for four weeks. Yes. Uh, so Maladon so, stocks going up. How are we feeling about Maladon as the uh, point guard of this team? So he's been really good, and like I think the cool part about him not the cool part about George Hill being hurt but the bright side I guess is Teo has gotten to uh, be in the starting lineup with SGA and they want SGA to have the ball a lot and kind of run a de facto point guard position but they're they're both getting to play off of each other a lot more so like they're both getting to play on ball as the point guard and get both getting to play kind of that off guard position. And I honestly, I think it's going to help both of their developments. Uh, Teo has been really good in the starting lineup. Um, he's been showing how well he can shoot the ball and as a playmaker. So that yeah. I, I think it's going to be honestly a blessing in disguise for George Hill to be out the next four weeks. Yeah. He's been, he's been pretty good. And then Pokyu, he went to, he's gone to the G league bubble do you think yeah. that Roby gets any power forward minutes to play alongside Horford? Uh, he he might. Like that's the thing I've found with Dagnall is like he is more than willing to switch up the lineup at any time. Like I think we've seen like more lineup combinations than any other team. Um, yeah. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like know. it. Um, yeah. he like he always willing to do weird things, so it would not surprise me to see um Roby get to play some yeah, power no, forward I minutes when i when i watch the thunder i'm like man i love watching like a rebuilding team actually playing their young guys and not like the pistons who are still playing wayne ellington in his mid-30s and like uh or uh who, who blake griffin and derrick rose like they're so yeah. confused in their own identity i'm like what is happening but like it's refreshing to watch the thunder who like know they're in a rebuild but they still want to develop their young guys i'm like i have some faith that maybe there'll be some more minutes for Roby with the uh, poke you down in the uh, G league bubble. Yeah. His experience up. Dude, and I like just last note here, I have been so impressed with our coaching staff. Like they've just done a phenomenal job of, of making this season competitive for the players. Like you want that from a cultural perspective, like a culture perspective for your team um, right. where you go out and you want to try to win every single game. And like, I feel like, uh, from a strategy standpoint, like our, our coaching staff does a really good job. X's and O's tries to utilize matchups, all of those things that you want to see out of coaching. But then they're also just so good at development. Like we have seen right. so many young players on this team take a step forward this year. 
Right. And that so it's really like a best of both worlds. I, ultimately, I want to see a top three pick added to this team after next year. I think that raises our ceiling a lot. But yeah. I, I have been so impressed with our coaching staff and just feel like they're doing a phenomenal job this year. So, Right. And, I mean, you have organizations like the Raptors and the Spurs who perennially have been able to develop talent like that. And so to see – like, I feel like if you can if you can get something like that from the administrative and coaching level, like, it only makes your picks who are already good, like, their potential or their ceiling go up, you know? So – Hundred percent. Hey, before so, we wrap this up, Zach, did you find the uh, defensive e, standing? E, yeah, our defensive efficiency was like seventeenth, uh, so we're a okay. little bit below average. But I was gonna ask y'all before we switch over, from a non-Mavs fan perspective, what do y'all think is like the main, like in your eyes, what are you saying is the main issue with the Mavs, other than obviously the COVID stuff? If y'all have even watched that much of us. Yeah, I think that when I watched the game yesterday, I haven't watched a ton of Mavericks games. Um, I feel like Porzingis uh, defensively has played a bit timid, and I feel like he lets, uh, like he let Chris Paul like, get to the free throw line a couple times when he got switched on in a pick and roll, and just like pull up and easy two points. And like he's he's a pretty elite shot blocker, and I just I don't know if he's still getting his legs under him. It it, it sounds like. Uh, the coach is saying that he's getting close to playing back-to-backs, and it sounds like he's getting healthier. So I do hope, like, for the sake of Porzingis, but, like, that interior defense has been a little bit weak. And then, like you said, like, if you're not making shots, you're, like, a missed shot and a turnover end in the same result, you know? It's like, if you're not making shots, it's hard to win games. And so, I mean, as long as you're... I didn't see too many shots that were, like, horrendous yesterday, you know? Like, I felt like if they start playing within themselves and play a little bit better defensively. And I think it's just a chemistry thing, honestly. Like I said, I think that with everybody back now and trying to figure out where everyone's getting their rotation minutes and who's playing next to who, like, I think that it'll, it'll, things will get better for sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, the shot selection really is not that bad. Like, yeah, I know y'all give Luca a hard time for the step back. He has stopped doing that as much while yeah. we're on this losing streak. Right. I think he knows that's not a good shot. Yeah. And right. then uh, uh, KP is honestly the one taking the worst shots. He takes his half court threes and he makes one in every ten. Right, and it's like he's he he used to be like this aggressive like post scoring like interior he was like a like a i don't even i don't even know how to describe his offensive game it was like unlike anything i'd ever seen before and now it seems like he like settles a lot more for outside like it just feels like he doesn't trust his body as much as he used to And this is a one game sample size from somebody who like has never been at the elite scouting or coaching level and i've just watched and played a bunch of fantasy basketball but like it you can tell like when players are aggressive and when they have that look in their eye like they just want to go get a bucket and when they are not and right now it doesn't feel like Porzingis when he has the ball in his hands has that like killer instinct to just go get a bucket you know dude right now he's literally like a guard in a seven foot body <laughs> I, I, yeah it feels so weird watching it's him. so stupid but the, yeah. the only other thing I was gonna say about the Mavs before we move on I think Rick deserves a lot of uh criticism right now 
because this dude is continuing to sit Luca for half of every fourth quarter. And so I know obviously Luca's got to sit at some point, but why would you not like sit him at the end of the third? Because every time Luca gets brought in with about five or six minutes left in the game, our lead is gone. And then Luca has to come in cold, not in rhythm, and try to save us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. uh like we'll never know all the answers to that because there's a lot of like stuff that happens in the background where I'm sure they're talking to medical staff and it's all about like, hey, what's the longevity of Luca? Like what's the best way to play him? There's probably some of those right. decisions going into all of it. Um, but just like back to your question of like, what do we, I think the Mavs, like what's wrong with the Mavs? I, I've i seen a, uh, probably more of y'all's games than Thunder games this year, if I'm being honest. Bandwagon. I, oh, I just really enjoy watching Luca. I actually do. But yeah. to me, it feels like there's a lack of playmakers on the Mavericks, right? So like, THJ can shoot it sometimes, but he can't dribble. Like, he can't make a play for himself. Kind of the same deal yeah. with Josh Richardson. Kind of the same deal with Maxi Kleba. Um, you know, Porzingis is kind of in that weird mold where, like, sometimes he can, but sometimes not really. Like, he's still 7 foot 3. Yeah. So, th- we know this, but there's, like, like, Luca has to do everything for this team. And that that's a lot of an ask on a 23 year old or 22 year old, uh, great player, superstar. Absolutely. But I mean, there's one player in the history of the NBA that could do that and have massive success. And that's LeBron James. And like Luke is not LeBron James. He's just not at this point in his career. Um, you have to surround him with playmakers. I, I understand what you're saying about the, uh, rebounding thing. And maybe Drummond is the answer with all of that. But I actually see like a bigger issue being the the lack of playmaking on the team. No, I I agree with that too. I've I've said it all along. Like you said, our third guy is THJ, and some games he is on fire. He can shoot the ball, but that's all he can do. Like y- you're probably a better dribbler than Tim Hardaway, and I'm not yeah. even kidding. Yeah. So. But this team, this team was successful even last year without much of that. Like I don't think that Seth Curry added like he, i mean he added a little Josh bit Rich- i think seth curry <laughs> added more than you think Just, like yeah seth yeah. can actually kind of create he can like, put the ball our, on the floor our guy that's supposed to be seth right now is trey burke and burke is shooting okay yeah. but he he's even worse on defense than seth was i didn't know that's possible but he is yeah but he's like five foot eight or something like that <laughs> yeah and he and his shot selection has been terrible too so <laughs> Well, hey, I think that's enough. Uh, Mavs, Thunder, Rockets talk. We gave we gave the listeners a lot today, uh, which is awesome. I, I love talking about this stuff. But we do have to move on to actual fantasy content here. And, boys, we brought back the expert. We brought back the matchup man himself, Mr. Camden Mason. Camden, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I my Twitter was just flooded with tweets uh, demanding me back. <laughs> I saw ratings were higher than ever on the last pod, so I figured we'd come back and give the people what they wanted. Yeah. yeah, I was answering emails today of like all the sponsors that wanted to just talk exclusively yeah. to Camden. Actually, yeah. they, they didn't even want to talk to me or Cam or, or Zach. They were just like, "Can we talk to that guy?" Yeah, no, I don't blame them. I've seen a lot of the same on my end. 
<laughs> well, Camden, I appreciate you just like hanging in the background muted for however long. Um, but wanted to bring you in. Uh, I know last week you had kind of given an update or, or last week was our first week of really doing the matchups, but wanted to bring you back. Uh, if you could just like give a quick overview and reminder of like what we're doing. Um, and then if you could give us kind of the results from, uh, last week and this week. So, um, I do apologize. The, the link to the survey did go out late last night. So I know there were a few people that answered last week that didn't answer this week. Um, and I'm sure that's just because of how quick of a turnaround it was. So do yeah, what, for, for, uh, just clarifying for my end, it was cause I was trying to stream the Mavericks game because you can't watch the Mavericks game if there's a blackout on NBA TV in the area and so i had to stream it from my phone and then every time i tried to click the survey tried to use the same safari link so yeah i just i feel like nba needs to do a better job with that come on now yeah i don't know if it was on the actual pod last week or if it was just kind of off of it but i was talking about the nba has the worst ratings out of all the major sports because you have to have league pass otherwise you can watch one game a week and it's the warriors basically every single time warriors are league all your yeah. Hey, yeah. the best part of League Pass, if you're in Dallas, you can't watch the Dallas games, so it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's, what I was, that's what I'm talking about. It's, yeah, it's so silly. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so the, that link went out late. Um, I'll try to get it out earlier next week, hopefully by Sunday night sometime. Um, but we can go over kind of where we finished up last week. Um, I did see a little bit of maybe collusion between the three, uh, the pod hosts. They ended up going... <laughs> four and two with the records. I don't know if Zach or Cam is kind of messing with some lineups on the back end. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, those are the three that are leading all with the record of four and two. Let's go. Um, following it, it's very uh, kind of broken up evenly. It's uh, broken up in like ties of three, three and three. So, um, and then of course we have the, the other three that didn't, didn't do it. So I guess they were Owen, Owen six for the week. So they, uh, they're all in last, but um <laughs> Coming in tied for, I guess it's fourth place, is Ruth Bader Winsberg, James Give Me a Harden, and Penis Punchers 2.0 with the record nice. of 3 and 3. Um, and then coming in at seventh is Scam Sucks Ass, Suck My Dirk, and Barnacle Boys. Nice. Um, and that's 2 and 4. So um, nothing too outlandish yet. I feel like everybody that's at the bottom can still take over and everything like that. Uh, there were really only like two big uh, matchups that kind of were overwhelmingly picked opposite. Um, and that would be me and uh, Nick's game, where I think it was 9-0 in favor of Nick. Obviously, that's the lesson to learn there is you don't pick against me. <laughs> yeah, you thought. No Carl Anthony Townsend still putting up numbers. Yeah, I'm, even I didn't put myself, so I mean, <laughs> I don't hold it against y'all. Makes sense. Um, and the other matchup was uh, actually Zach and Gabe's game. Um, oh, Zach and winning, but the picks were 7-2 to two in favor of Gabe. Um, hey, I got I got smoked by Dion Wright and Reggie Bullock, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, was the, uh, who was the brave soul that picked me other than myself? Uh, let's see. It was uh, James gives me a Harden. So it's Ryan, great. respect. I like respect. that, Ryan. Yeah, you are my respect. That's so um, funny. Yeah, so that's kind of how Week Six broke down. 
um, there's plenty of time for everybody that didn't accept or didn't do the, the survey this last week and then this week. So you can always still make a comeback. Uh, but moving to week seven, uh, kind of a, this week was a lot worse on the picks. I feel like there weren't as many like four, three uh, tied matchups and stuff like that. It was a lot more lopsided. Um, so for the first matchup for the architect and suck my Dirk, um, the architect was picked six to one. Um, also, shout out the architect for changing his name. Yeah, that's big time, Bobby. Good job, baby. <laughs> yeah, you could have done that like the week before the first poll because I was like looking at it and I was like, what is going on? It's been adding up. Like, I don't even know who this is. I was like, oh, well, I switched names. But, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's all fixed now. Um, but yeah, so I did change my pick and I, I went with myself this week. Um, nice. So I figured I'd put some faith in myself. Uh, the second matchup was the, pretty much the only close one. Uh, the league is, I guess, kind of a little uh, trying to figure it out. But between Penis Punchers 2.0 and James Gives Me a Harden, we had hard Penis Punchers with 4-3. So, yeah, it was neck and neck. Um, so, yeah, that one's the kind of the one where the league is a little bit not sure on. So we'll see on that one. Um, the matchup between Scam Sucks Ass and Ruth Bader Winsberg. Um, unfortunately, Bowie is picked 6-1. to one. Um, so you never like to see Bowie being picked. Um, Both those teams is. <laughs> yeah, we all get lucky sometimes. <laughs> um, in the next matchup between Barnacle Boys and Holly Luca, Ducky will once again be the underdog. Uh, Barnacle Boys picked five to two. Um, so you you have some uh, some underdog in you again, Zach. I, I'm the oh, we the we believe uh, warriors. We. <laughs> yeah, I'm not nice. a big fan of that team. Uh, so we'll just go keep going. But you are uh, a big fan of uh, this year's Warriors, according to your fantasy draft. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how it actually even happened. Like, it, it got in towards the end, and I was like, "Oh man, my team is the Warriors." That's all it's it is. Zach. The Warriors. It's the it's the no, not Steph, not Draymond Warriors. Yeah, like the, just the bad, <laughs> the bad ones. Yeah, the B team Warriors. Zach's closer to more of like the process Sixers, honestly. Nice. Whatever team, I I give him the Cavaliers, bro. His centers are insane, and then the rest oh, of his team, good. like that's a good they one. Show up, and sometimes they don't. <laughs> hey, we're making them push for playoffs. Three three wins in a row, it's baby. True. It's true. But see, the wins don't even really fully matter at this point. It's just winning certain categories. I'm pretty sure I've won one week, and I think I'm ahead of you in the, the standings. Yeah, you got to start stacking them up. <laughs> but the, the first three weeks, my team was dead, literally. Yeah, so. well, my first pick has still played four games. On the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, complain a little more. <laughs> complain a little more, Zach. Let's go from there. Um, so between the match, y'all have kind of the matchups going on between pod hosts pretty often. So Gabe and Let's Cam. Go. Um, Gabe is picked five to two. So Cam, you are not uh, the favorite there. So that's have that's understandable. Proving, yeah, a little bit of proving to do to the to the team or to everybody. Um, in the final matchup, Pogo the Clown uh, or John Wayne Gacy, sorry, uh, versus Poppy Chulo. Um, and this has got to be the first time. And Vigar's life where he hears that he was overwhelmingly <laughs> by everybody, but uh, seven to nothing in favor of Vigar. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Daniel is not not favored very well. That's Daniel's the process Sixers. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Daniel is? Daniel's a, a 
what's the what's the best G League team at the moment? <laughs> G League Ignite, bro. He's the Timberwolves right now. Yeah. Uh, Baylor. Oh, Baylor University. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Well, uh, but yeah, that's kind of that rounds it up. I don't know if we really had any. Um, actually, uh, Garrett did pick uh, Daniel to win the league. Nice. He to win it all. Nice. So I think that's the main one that changed. So that's uh, good. Daniel is on the board there. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Camden, appreciate you coming in, brother, being our matchup man. Uh, and we might just have to make this a weekly thing, man. You're good at this. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to move on here to uh, our weekly recaps. So, boys, we're talking about matchup uh, six. Let me switch over. And we're just going to go down the list here. So, first matchup that we had was uh, myself versus Daniel. I ended up taking this matchup five to three. The five categories that I won were field goal percentage, three pointers made, steals, blocks, and points. The three categories that Daniel won were free throw percentage, rebounds, and assists. Um, Gabe, why don't we why don't we do this on all these matchups? Why don't you kind of give us your analysis, and Zach and I will kind of just chime in if we have anything to add to it. Sure. So, um, for your team, you led the league in threes on the week, which was a big, uh, a big deal. You've got Wayne Ellington and Terry Rozier combining for 31 threes on the week. And like I said, uh, the Pistons are the most confusing team. Cause like you would think they were starting a rookie point guard and they're developing and Jeremy Grant is becoming this incredible like star in the league. But then they play guys like Wayne Ellington, who's 33, like, 32, 34 minutes a night, yeah. and Sadiq Bey and Sekou Dumbaya and all these guys who, like, you should be looking to develop or you would think you would be looking to develop. They don't play. But, we're like, from a fantasy perspective, Wayne Ellington is shooting lights out. He is a dead eye from three. And Terry Rozier is fighting for his life so that LaMelo Ball doesn't start over him. So he just keeps trying <laughs> to uh, rain in threes yeah. in there. And uh, him and Devontae Graham are uh, fighting for the uh, who's getting benched for LaMelo Ball spot. And then my question to you, Cam, is you you had R.J. Barrett on your team last year, right? Yeah, I Fantasy did. Fantasy-wise. He was terrible. So who is, who is more like uh, R.J. Barrett from last year on your fantasy team this year? Is it D'Angelo Russell? Because I feel like it might be D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Or... Russell Westbrook has these games where it's like he proves why he was like actually a fantasy asset, but I feel like D'Angelo Russell might just be R.J. Barrett from last year. How do you feel about that comparison? Well, uh, no, I hate that comparison. Just first of all, because one, we know what D'Lo is in this league. He's a shot chucker, but honestly, on this team, high usage player, R.J. Barrett is a shot chucker who just like should not be in the league. Like that's. <laughs> 
that's the difference in the two players. Like literally, dude, I'm telling you, I can't count the number of times I would look up at, at my at my team and this guy had gone like one of twelve on the night, and I'm like, this is horrible. You know, like at least Delo's providing some assists. You know, hitting some threes. RJ Barrett was like long long distance twos and go one for fourteen. Like it was yeah, it was, was horrible. I was just looking at the uh, at the team and I was like, you know, this could be a little bit of a similarity here. But then for Daniel, uh, uh, not much to say. His defensive stats were 12th overall in the week. He's out here looking like the Nets with no offense. So that team oh, man. is never going to be good. So <laughs> on to the next one. Going on to our next matchup here, we had... James gives me a Harden versus Scam Sucks. So Ryan versus Bowie. Bowie took this matchup 7-1. to one, Was a little bit of a beatdown. Uh, he won... Bowie won every category except for blocks. Um, and there were, there were a few close categories for sure. Like rebounds was within 16. Assists was within oh, 13. Were, they were all really close, honestly. Except for steals where Ryan had a kind of weak showing. Yeah. Um, like they were all like really, really close, and Bowie had a pretty strong showing. So I just feel like it was an unfortunate week to play against Bowie for Ryan. But um, yeah, anyways, for Bowie's team, uh, two of his volume scorers, Kyrie and LeBron, they both shot over fifty-two percent from the field on a combined one hundred and fifty-four shots. So his field goal percentage was first overall in the week because of that. When you've got jump shooters like that that are able to score at a high clip that's going to help your field goal percentage a lot. And I would say that's a bit uncharacteristic um, for Bowie to have the highest overall field goal percentage on the week, but it's definitely encouraging for his team. And like I said, a solid showing in all eight categories. Uh, this was Ryan, uh, th- this was the week where LeBron in like back-to-back games did like a Steph Curry turnaround three and then yeah, like well, a super yeah. deep three. <laughs> Yeah, it's just he was on another level. Yeah, those guys are both capable of taking it to that level, but to think that they're going to shoot 52, 54% for the whole season would be would be silly. I feel like, but um, anyways, for Ryan, uh, we've got Jared Allen, who is very good. 23 points, 18 rebounds, five blocks in the absence of Andre Drummond last night. But we're going to talk about Andre Drummond in a second when we get to Zach's team. Um, what What is that going to look like minute split, assuming that there is no trade and no buyout? Um, I think that's something that we have to keep an eye out, uh, keep an eye on. And then uh, for Ryan as well, Bam Adebayo's assist numbers have fallen as everyone gets back. We talked about the Heat and how they haven't been healthy now that Jimmy Butler's starting to get back and Tyler Hero is back from his neck thing. He, uh, Adebayo's only had six combined assists in his last two games, and he was getting like six or seven assists a game, and so that's kind of a bit of a of a fall-off. He's still a, a very good player, but um, losing out on those assists definitely hurts in fantasy. And, yeah, it just it was an unfortunate week for him to play against Bowie. They both were uh, put up pretty good showings, yeah. and uh, Bowie's team just ended up getting the better of him in seven of the eight categories, unfortunately. Hey, Gabe, question for you. you Question for you, Gabe. So for Victor Oladipo, I I feel like 
he's got this wide range of assist numbers. Like you'll look up yeah. three games straight and he'll have like one or two assists. And then you look up and he's got like five, seven and seven assists. Like how is he looking as a playmaker? Um, and like what value does that bring to Ryan's assist numbers? Yeah. So I think that like in the six game winning streak, I think that, um, Wall was averaging like seven assists and Oladipo was averaging five assists. And so I do think that like they're, they're figuring it out. They're both pretty good passers, pretty good rebounders. It's just like, it's hard to put a, a number on, I I think their usage is going to end up pretty similar and um, maybe skew a little bit in John Wall's favor. But for Oladipo, I could see him being a five assists a game. Uh, player for the rest of the way for sure cool 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 yeah he's averaging 4.8 assists on the season right now so i didn't know if you thought that would be par for the course or an increase later or what so yeah no i think right around five is probably where he will sit and that's kind of what he's been doing the last couple of games i think they're they're figuring it out i think that um i don't know he'll he'll have some nights obviously when john wall sits he'll probably get a bump like i think john wall is resting on wednesday I would probably expect Oladipo to get seven or eight assists or, or maybe more, but right. yeah, it's just going to vary a little bit uh, game to game, but he's, he's a good, a good playmaker, good passer. And honestly, I've been most impressed with Victor Oladipo's like finishing ability. I didn't realize that he was such a around the rim finisher, like such a good around the rim finisher. And he's been, I mean, finishing uh, all over the place. So that's so good for a player coming back from injury like that. Yeah, no, I know exactly. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup here. So we've got the Architect versus Penis Punchers 2.0. Is it weird that now that I read the Architect, I want to call him Team Kelleher? Um, nice. <laughs> but we had Bobby versus Garrett. So Bobby ended up taking this one 5-2-1. to one. The five categories that Bobby won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assists, steals, and points. Two categories that Garrett won were three-pointers made, and rebounds and then the category that they tied were blocks gabe what was this matchup like yes yeah, so for uh, for bobby we've got some vintage cp3 on full display last night and honestly the last week without booker i know you mentioned that he was not that clutch down the stretch but he has been playing insane like at an insane level scoring yeah. well passing well rebounding well and honestly his steals are back up he's like a two steals a game uh, career guy but lately as he aged he would i mean th- those numbers obviously declined but i mean the last couple of weeks he's been back up to like two steals a game and last night he had 34 9 and 9 with two steals like he's Bruh. he's playing at such a crazy crazy level for an older player and i was thinking about has he has he become more durable with age yes, like i bro. feel like this guy was yes. always injured and now like he just, he's never injured. He's just like the most like durable yes. player in the NBA. No, it makes no sense. Bro, I don't, no, I don't no, get it. Gabe, it's the, uh, it's the plant-based diet. Remember <laughs> so, yeah, like he, he's so legit about this thing. Like I heard him all last year talk about it and like, he believes wholeheartedly that he, this has changed the entire trajectory of his career. And, and, and okay. it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, look at his minutes played, bro. He's like yeah. 42 minutes, 35 minutes, 35 uh, yeah. minutes, 38 yeah. minutes. Like it's crazy. And there is definitely something to be said about taking care of your body. And I remember when he was on the Rockets, he said something like, 
uh, in 2010, when he got, he like tore his meniscus in his knee. He was, he said like, he should have taken that rehab and that injury, like coming back from that injury more seriously because he didn't realize like how much that could affect him down the line. And so I do think that there's something to be said about that, but I'm just like mind blown how you can go is, from bro. like, uh, I don't know, somebody is. who is who's been injury prone or labeled like that to like just such a durable asset in his like later years. So I don't know. I just wanted to highlight that for a second. Brandon Clark and the Grizzlies uh, wanted to talk about them because they look good coming out of their extended COVID absence. They're on a seven game winning streak. I think Zach said that they are probably going to end that tonight. So if you're a Memphis fan, uh, that sucks. But they, I mean, they played well, even we, even without Valanciunas. And then um, Thad Young was a good pickup for him, who he's been getting more minutes and playing better, posting better fantasy lines with Wendell Carter out due to his injury and uh, them moving around, uh, figuring out that rotation um, with Dan Gafford playing some of the center minutes and uh, Thad Young and a couple other guys rotating in and out. So I think that Thad Young has been a really uh, notable addition, and I think he'll continue to be because I think Carter's out for at least another three or four weeks. For Garrett's team, uh, his field goal percentage was abysmal this week, 12th overall in the week. And this is with, uh, uh, this was shocking. Jokic shot 62% on 77 shots. And Garrett still had the worst field goal percentage on the week. My God. So man. that just that illustrates just how poorly Garrett's team shot this week. Um, four guys that I thought were interesting to highlight. They, these guys all shot under 40% on at least 30 shots. Seth Curry, Tyler Hero, Blake Griffin, and Kevin Herter, all in that category, under 40%, at least 30 shots. Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. And a lot of those guys, uh, I'd look at uh, Curry, Herter, and uh, even Hero with, with Butler back, and a lot of those guys' value, kind of fantasy value, kind of lies in scoring, in three-point shooting. And so if they're not shooting well and they're just tanking your percentage, like if you're, let's say you win threes because they hit two of 11, but then you lose field goal percentage. So is that like, it's kind of net neutral at that point, you know, like it's you, you won a category, lost a category. So is it even worth rostering them? At, I mean, some of those guys are different than others, but I'm like, yeah. eh. oh, depending on how you build your team. It, it's always a good week when Gary loses. <laughs> <laughs> and then points, he was 12th overall in the week. Uh, it's tough to score when your shots aren't falling, but yeah, I guess uh I guess Zach was a fan of that um <laughs> of that poor shooting week from Garrett. Yeah, I do think this is the second week in a row now that Garrett has lost assists. Um and we yeah. had kind of mentioned last week how um Jokic had kind of taken a little step down in the assist column and that did continue this week. Uh so he his assist numbers were down to four assists, three assists, five and five. Um right. Now, I, I do want to mention, like, it does feel like it's because he's looking for his own shot a lot more. Like, his scoring, I feel like, since we've highlighted this, has gone uh, way up. Like, he scored 35 and 47 in his last two games. Right. Um, you know, so, but it's just, like, a different element of what he's providing uh, for Garrett's team, you know, as opposed to getting him 13 assists a game. Uh, he's now only providing him, like, five or six. Uh, and so it's just like a different dynamic, I think, for Garrett's team. 
And I also don't think that since CJ McCollum has been out, he has won assists. So I think that Jokic's yeah. decline in assists paired with McCollum's injury has just been like a silver or like a uh, like a like a death wish for Garrett's assist numbers. It kind of sucks to see. Yeah, because surprisingly, um, McCollum was averaging five assists a game. So yeah, no, he was he was yeah. He's playing, uh, and that's, yeah, five times three or four games a week. That's quite a few assists for yeah. sure. So. We should add a feature in this league where uh, once in the whole season you get to change your matchup for who you play because if I played Gary this week, you would have lost Ado. <laughs> I think they call that uh, that's not how it Roto. Works. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just play everyone. Let's move just on. Golden ticket. So you're like, oh, so if you if you're playing against a really good team and you need to make the playoffs at the last second, you just like, oh, I want to play Daniel this week. <laughs> yeah. we, have seven, we have seven people playing Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does everybody have a perfect record? This is crazy. Uh, let's move on to our next matchup. Here we had uh, the surprise matchup of the week, as Camden highlighted earlier. Let's go. We had Suck My Dirk versus Barnacle Boys. Uh, Camden surprisingly wins this matchup six to two. Six categories Camden won were field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three pointers made, rebounds, steals, and points. Two categories that Nick won were assists and blocks. This really was the first time we had seen Nick uh, struggle significantly in a week. So, uh, Gabe, I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, so for Camden, Pascal Siakam, uh, finally we get some back-to-back 30-point games, decent peripheral numbers. That second-round pick, um, I know that in the beginning I was critical of it, and I still am, but this is definitely encouraging for Camden uh, to get back into like the playoff mix. And this is, I think it's notable, I kept giving Camden a hard time about it, but this is without Carl Anthony Towns, who is like probably top five um, like fantasy asset in a categories league. So that's that's definitely boding well for the future of his team. Um, And this is a pretty good win for him. Uh, For Nick, there was, there was a bit of fantasy regression from, uh, from some of his team this week. And I'll highlight a couple of those here. Jalen Brown, his usage is down with Kemba Tatum and the Celtics kind of finding their rhythm. Um, He's still like a like shooting at an insane rate. He is, like a hyper efficient scorer right now, but with his usage down, some of his peripheral numbers are down as well. And so that's costing uh, Nick in some of those categories. Donovan Mitchell has been struggling a bit recently. And we brought him up when we were talking about the pick and roll offense. And he also missed a game with a concussion, but the jazz have been playing really well. And so I think that that's actually encouraging for Donovan Mitchell, because then I feel like he, comes back and can kind of settle into a role where he doesn't feel like he has to do a ton yeah. and he can kind of let the game come to him, kind of play the game at his own pace. And I feel like that's when he's, he's the best when he's uh, able to do those things. I will say, I think what coincides with that Gabe is a step up in play from Mike Conley. Mike yeah. Conley has been really good for the jazz and taking on a lot more playmaking role. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you're going to see Donovan Mitchell's assist numbers come down, but his efficiency go up, kind of like you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell has actually had two games because those were both games they beat the Mavericks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They were back-to-back. 
Um, for Donovan Mitchell as well, I was watching some of the, uh, and you mentioned Mike Connolly. Um, I was watching the Jazz broadcast of that Sunday game, and they were saying how last year Mike Connolly, it was the first year that he, like, since, like, youth basketball, like, he grew up with the ball in his hands. He, like, was always in college, like, anytime he had AAU, NBA, like, he always had the ball in his hands. And so it took a lot for him to adjust to, like, an off-ball role or a more of an off-ball role. And so I feel like it's definitely natural for him, but he he's become a more in player now that he, like, last year it was, it was not easy. And it, like, it took a, like, his numbers took a hit, his yeah. play, his confidence took yeah. a hit. But now you can see that he's confident with the ball and without the ball, which I think that makes him more of like a uh, like a Swiss Army knife teammate where if Donovan Mitchell's out, okay, I can take the ball handling role. I can handle, I can dish, I can pass, I can do what I need to do. But now, okay, Donovan Mitchell's back. I can like I can hand over, like I can succumb some of those ball handling abilities to him and still be like a uh, a factor on offense without having to necessarily uh, be the one making things happen. So I just thought that was interesting. I, I don't I don't remember who they were talking to, but um, I was like, man, that would be hard if you were having to learn an entirely new way to play basketball. Honestly, because like it's uh, it's definitely different when you're not when you don't have the ball in your hands all the time, dude. And they have three legitimate playmakers because Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench has been yeah. a monster for them. <laughs> he has. The whole and then, team. yeah, and then Joe Ingles, like that dude's a playmaker yeah. too. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's a different style, but yeah, it's right. an old white man style, is what it is. They also shoot lights out. They'll give you buckets. No <laughs> doubt. Will give you and then I did want to highlight as well, Colin Sexton. His assists have dipped since the return of Darius Garland, uh, like ten or twelve days ago. Um, Colin Sexton is gonna be i don't know if his like his injury is lingering he is definitely dropped off in some efficiency and in some scoring just a little bit but more so the peripherals but i don't know if he is um going to be the same player that we saw kind of at the beginning of this year and kind of culminated when he uh, dropped the nets off yeah <laughs> when he dropped the nets off but uh like he's still he's still playing fine it's just those peripheral numbers are very helpful in categories fantasy league. You know, if you go from six assists and six rebounds a game to two assists and two rebounds a game, now you're um, like, you're, you're not nearly as helpful to your, um, those two categories as uh, your team might've needed. So I do think, I mean, both of these teams um, will probably be fine moving forward, but I did think that those players were important to highlight. Great. Um, did we start on? Hold on, this app is. We started with you and. Is this kid having a stroke? I wanted. Well, so sorry. We got... I wanted to make sure I didn't double up. And no, I was yeah, asking, we... had we gone over Camden's team at all? We did. We started yeah. with Camden. There wasn't much. I just mentioned Pascal Siakam, Carl Anthony Towns. We Dude, need our when is... Trash Brothers when is update. When supposed to be back? Uh. Cat is supposed to be back, like, I thought he was going to be back soon, but um, I don't know. I dropped uh, Xavier Tillman expecting Cat to be back eventually, and I don't think that uh, he has, so. Yeah, I saw he was rolled out for tomorrow, too. Yeah. 
My God, maybe Who I knows? maybe I did have a stroke, guys. I totally forgot that you talked about Carl uh, Anthony Towns and all that. That's on me. That's on yeah. me. Oh, actually, I dropped. <laughs> I mixed up my teams. I dropped Xavier Tillman, thinking Valanciunas would be back, and then I uh, was thinking that Cat would be back this week. But yeah, he's still he's still. Uh... The basketball injuries are weird because it's just like randomly you're questionable after a long-term injury instead of like giving a pretty explicit timeline. So I'm like, I don't really know how this all works, but. Yeah, and it's also just CSPN sucking and not keeping up with it every day. So. <laughs> yeah, but even like the local like team Twitters and the team like statements and stuff, like some some teams just keep their injuries under wraps. Yes, and, like, bro. Yes. I was like, okay, Jaron Jackson, maybe by the middle, beginning of February, and then they're like, no, he's not close, four weeks at least, and I'm like, oh, what? What? Yeah, I know. Like, last week I would have said maybe he plays next week, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, really bad about very, updates. They keep it under wraps, like it, it's weird to me, but hey. for sure, hey, maybe that's a future job we could get is the <laughs> fantasy injury updates. For I really. guess so. That's I, hard. You could hire anybody for ESPN. <laughs> they, they'd be great. Um, let's move on to our next matchup here. We had the boys. We had uh, Hallelujah versus Rodman with the good D. So Gabe versus Zach. Zach ended up taking this matchup five to three. Absolutely wild. Uh, first time in a while, Hate Gabe has it. lost. But let's get let's get Zach's opinion on this matchup because I want to hear it. Let's do it. Uh, so Zach, How do you won. feel like you're playing? You know, I I think it was uh, just two heavyweights battling it out. <laughs> okay, okay like buddy. Okay. My my uh, Walking Dead team is starting to wake up, and we're uh, we're ready to fight with the big boys. I'm down. I'm down. No, okay. I, <laughs> I I thought my team played really well. Obviously, it was probably their best week of the year. And I did not really I, – I think I might have had, like, one or two guys miss, but compared to what I've had throughout this year, it was, like, the first fully healthy week, in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, of the guys that played, the majority of them played well. Like you said, DeLon Wright played out of his mind, especially on the defensive end. And, uh, I mean, one game he dropped, like, almost 30 points. So I would never expect that to happen again. Um, I was shook when I saw the Monday line. It was like it was just a full stat line. It was like twenty eight six four one steal three blocks from Delon Wright. I was like, what? How? Yeah, makes no sense. The Pistons effect. The, the scary thing about how well my team did play this week was yes, Lucas still put up numbers, but they weren't like the monster numbers he has put up this year. And Porzingis struggled and missed the game this week. So I yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, we were both trying to win steals there at the end. Dude, I know. <laughs> I saw both of us picking up people. I couldn't drop. I think it was like I was going to have to drop DeLon Wright or Miles or Mason Plumley, whichever one. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't do it to pick up maybe another steal. So... I, I didn't go for it there, and then Gary Harris played for, like, five minutes and then got hurt in their game. Dude, yeah, I felt bad about that. That's yeah, like... <laughs> but I, I ended up losing by three steals, so I don't think he was going to get three, but we were yeah, also a good, good matchup. We were first and second in steals on the week, so definitely yeah. a uh, 
Uh, no. I, I saw somebody won their steals. Let me see. It. They were at like 28 and they won. Yeah. I literally doubled that. That was me. I got 22 steals and I beat da- Daniel. That's disgusting. <laughs> like 50 something for me and Zach. Crazy. Also, Zach almost doubled my rebounds this week. Did y'all see that? Dude, my team. This is the highest rebounding week of anyone, I think. Like, yeah, but my, my team. Was horrible. <laughs> we, we can talk about it a little bit more uh, with numbers and, and facts here. So, like we talked about, Zach was a great rebounding week, first overall in the week. Andre Drummond, Rudy Gobert combined for 129 rebounds on the week, which uh, was only like 50 less than I got total. So nice. <laughs> Currently first and third in the NBA in rebounds per game. But, like I mentioned, we're going to have to keep an eye on Andre Drummond trade rumors and news, how it affects his minutes, if at all, what what they're going to do. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, if Jared Allen is better than Andre Drummond, I don't think that he'll ever play over Andre Drummond, like, in a starting role. He might get, like, a 26 minutes to Andre Drummond's 22 or something like that. I could see something that ha- like that happening, but... Um, it's definitely going to take um, like a, an injury or a trade for either one of those guys to play huge, huge minutes. But they all their their permanent production is so high that you all can play them. But definitely something to watch. See if the Mavs can go acquire a rebounder. rebounder. I would love for that, but uh, I I don't know. I I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think the Pistons or sorry the Cavs. What we would offer, but yeah. uh, I mean, because like we're not gonna give up draft capital for him because right. we don't have any, and also he's just a rental for the rest of the year. So right. honestly, I I could see him being someone we sign in the off season, but I would not want to max him, and I I think right. somebody is gonna max him. So I I just don't know. He there actually wasn't that high of a demand for him. Was it last season when he was? on the trade block or trying to sign somewhere. I don't remember, but I feel like Andre Drummond's like value perceived value in the NBA has kind of gone down. So that uh, Cavs trade made no sense to me for the Cavs. <laughs> like they are a young to get Jared Allen. No, no, no. To get Drummond. Oh yeah. They're a young up and coming team. You signed like sort of a vet uh, center and he's just basically a rental. Unless yeah. they were thinking they were going to sign him long term, I don't get it at all. Yeah, well, like I'm pretty sure they only gave up. It was like very minimal what they gave up. It was like a two second round picks or something like that. So it was like yeah, it, for I mean, two years of drumming. Yeah, I mean they just wanted to see what he could do. I they're they're not going to sign him this summer. Yeah, the Mavs are. <laughs> okay, and then we move to assists. So we got Luka Doncic. Oh, by the way, Zach, you were first overall on the week in assists as well. So Luka Doncic and DeLon Wright combined for 62 assists on the week. Luka's second in the NBA in assists per game, so uh, that's fine. But we keep giving, giving DeLon Wright a hard time. DeLon Wright is a career three assists a game player. This week he averaged almost seven a game. And I know some of it, <laughs> like no Derrick Rose, whatever, but like no way. There's no way this is real. This is a uh, if he averages seven assists next week, I'll I'll bite my tongue a little bit and say okay maybe. But right now I'm like, eh, might have just been a lucky week. It's just big brain, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. 
And then for uh, points, you were also first overall in the week. Your team played out of its mind. Points, rebounds, and assists were all first overall in the league on the week. So you were joking about it being a heavyweight battle, but it really, like, you, your team played really well. And Luka Doncic and Andre Drummond combined for 100, combined for 196 points on the week. So it, another thing that's confusing about Drummond, he his offensive game is limited at like that's a good way to describe it i feel like and he has a career usage percentage of 22 percent this season his career usage or his his usage is at a career high 32 percent so i don't know if that's a like I, I i really don't know i just thought it was interesting that they're like offensively yeah he is so much more involved and his usage is just so high is it like a showcase for a trade thing is it like a mm-hmm. i like a we don't have any other playmakers because garland has been out for a while and sexton is uh, overloaded with the double team so now we have to give it up to drummond because uh, it's just uh, like I'm, I'm mind blown when i see the usage of drummond up at 32 percent because you don't think of him you think of him as like a interior presence great rebounder good like like he puts back shots well and like a limited offensive presence who is like there if you need him, but not like somebody you play through. And that usage percentage would indicate somebody that you are playing through purposefully, you know? So I, I I'm okay with it. I don't know, man. It's uh it's interesting. Yeah. For fantasy, it's great for Zach, but I just, I don't really understand it from a, I'm going to have to watch a, a, some of like more Cavs games to try and get a, a grip on it but i'm just like i see that number and i'm like what is what is going on over there in cleveland and then for my team rebounds we were horrible 12th overall in the week uh, my team is not great at rebounding overall but we had some key absences from some of my better rebounding forwards Kawhi and ogn and ob both missed uh some games this week and those are like two like i know those guys aren't like andre drummond or rudy gobert but like they get like six or seven rebounds a game. And that's how I have usually been competitive in the rebounding category. And so for them to miss, it really kind of highlighted a a weak spot of my team, which is rebounding. And uh, it kind of, it resulted in this lackluster performance, but we got to give, we got to give credit to Zach's team. They, They did play really well. And I do think that if this, if he can keep up this level of play, like his fantasy team is actually gonna make some noise here in a little bit. Wow. When's the last time you ever heard that about one of your fantasy teams, Zach? Mm-hmm. It was looking bad. No, bro. We, we said the same thing when he had Tyler Lockett, Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook both put up 40. Like, it was 45 no. points back-to-back-to-back to back to back weeks. We were like, it has to stop, right? And then it just never stopped until <laughs> the playoffs. Yeah, then Tyler Lockett started <laughs> scoring Oh, yeah, no, it, was, yeah, it was the Seahawks where they recommitted to running the ball into the back of their linemen 10 times a game. Moving on to our last matchup here, we've got Ruth Bader Winsberg versus Pogo the Clown. Uh, so Ramsey ends up winning this matchup over Big R. Uh, the six categories that Ramsey won were field goal percentage, three-pointers made, Assists, steals, blocks, and points. Two categories that Big R won were free throw percentage and rebounds. Uh, Gabe, what was the analysis here? Yeah, so for for this matchup, um, you mentioned a podcast that was looking at rookies, and I feel like this matchup had some really fun rookies that have been playing really well lately. You've got Cole Anthony, who 
I don't know what happened, but these last couple of weeks, he just he seems a lot more in control. Yeah, he seems bro. like a much better point guard, NBA caliber point guard. And so I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see. I mean, like it sucks to see an injury like like that to Markel Fultz. But I like I always like seeing like players take advantage of opportunities regardless of how they get them. And Cole Anthony is doing exactly that. And so, bro, uh, it's um, it's been ever since that game winner. Like I'm telling you, he, right. he hit that it game changed. winner, and it was like it changed the whole trajectory of his career. Yeah. Like he's he's also, good again. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. That confidence is key, and uh, it's been fun to watch. And I think his dad is like on NBA TV. Um, is it Greg Anthony or someone? And so, like, I feel like he's the. Uh, oh, I actually didn't know like, that was his dad. Yeah, it's fun to cheer for. Like, that's his son out there, you know. Like, he obviously has like, like it's weird when you're reporting on your son's basketball game at an NBA level, and so I don't know the emotional like connection that you feel to something like that. Like, you cheer for that, and so I don't know. It was it was cool. Emmanuel quickly is apparently all the buzz in in uh, New York. But you never know what uh, Tom Thibodeau is going to be doing. But I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen from Quickly. He even last night, everyone's like, "Oh, he's just a scorer." Blah blah blah. He, I mean, he passed well. He had a few assists last night. He got some steals. Like he has a very unique uh, like feel of the game of basketball. I feel like, and it's uh, it's fun to watch. I I don't know that anyone really saw his game translate like this to the NBA, but. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Alfred Payton and uh, Reggie Bullock and some of those guards in uh, in New York are probably going to be um, giving up minutes to quickly here if he keeps this up. And uh, on Big R's team, Tyrese Halliburton is like is another rookie who has just been playing really well. And he and it's it's weird because the Kings like at that shooting guard position next to De'Aaron Fox, it's like. Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton, who could not have more different play styles. Yes. But bro. like are both effective and I don't know that Buddy Heald's effective, but he's I mean he's, he's a good right. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like Tyrese Halliburton a little bit like I feel like as a NBA player, I feel like I like Halliburton Basketball a little bit more. Purists. Yeah, yeah. But uh I don't know. It's like they're they're just so different. Like uh, Halliburton has very 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 low usage, and Heald is like somebody who like needs the ball in his hands to make an impact. But he's pretty good with it in his hands, and so it's uh I don't know. It's it's fun to see these guys just uh develop into their like their uh, NBA career bodies i guess or how i don't know how to put it but like they're they're starting to like set the floor set the table for their like career trajectories and we're getting to see it in uh firsthand from our fantasy teams but also like in front of our very eyes so besides those rookies uh ben simmons anthony davis appear to be returning to form for ramsey's team which is good for him i don't know i don't know returning all the way to form but like both those guys were like in weird statistical slumps like their teams were playing fine but statistically anthony davis wasn't shooting very well and ben simmons wasn't scoring very well so it's good to see them kind of come uh return to form a little bit and then uh, my question to zach was has big r won field goal percentage since you said that he would always win field goal percentage? <laughs> yeah he, he did but not this week. the announcer okay. curse yeah, yeah. 
And I was going to say, a lot of that is not so much due to announcer curse as it is due to Julius Randle's efficiency, which was sky high to begin the year, has come down quite a bit. And we highlighted that uh, Julius Randle just plays like 40 minutes a night. So his legs are probably falling off, which probably is why his efficiency is lower, but his peripheral numbers are fine. So it is what it is. That's the Knicks for you. The uh, I do want us to eventually have Ramsey on the podcast because he brought up a good point after last week's pod because we were talking about the Aiton trade, the Aiton and Pritchard trade, and oh. just like how to value the pick in that trade. And I, I feel like he had put in the in the sleeper app some really good like context around why he made the trade and like the value he thought he got for it. Um, and I'd love to just like have him on and be able to talk through like what do values of picks look like, you know, in like future rounds. Um, but it has been interesting because he had mentioned if he wouldn't have traded Aiton, he would have been at the cap for the number of centers he could have had. Yeah. Which is, I think it's just really interesting and I think is a big reason why we haven't seen a ton of like drop off after that Aiton trade, even though Aiton's been playing really, really well. Um, right he's still getting all the big man stats because he has five really good bigs, you know? And so oh, yeah. that's, that's I think, a really interesting development and something I'd like to talk to him more about if we can get him on the pod. For sure. And I think that without that without Aiton, I don't think anybody really can compete with Zach in rebounds especially, but even in blocks to an extent, if, especially if Porzingis can get back to blocking two shots a game like he has been, uh, I think, throughout his career. But... Um, yeah, it, it definitely is still a strong category for uh, Ramsey, even in the absence of Aiden because of some of those other guys he's got on the team. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, thanks for go there, Cam. Hey, good. Uh, <laughs> thanks for us, bro. Have you seen these numbers? <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, the analysis there, Gabe. Uh, Zach, we, let's really quickly go through these category leaders if you have them. Um, and. Uh, Go ahead. This week's leaders, um, field goal percentage, like we said, not big R for once. It was Bowie at 49.9%. Free throws was Gabe at 88%. Um, Three-pointers made was Scam at 97 I feel like that's a really high number. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think we broke 100 yet, but that's pretty I high. I tried, brother. I tried. Um, rebounds was me at 317. That's got to be the highest this year by far. Uh, assist, hard, <laughs> assist was me again at 183. I made a note. Bowie had 182. Suck nuts, Bowie. I'm better than you. <laughs> uh, steals, as we went over earlier, Gabe was at 56. We played each other. I had 53 in second. Um, blocks was Nick at 34. And then points was me again at 789. So this was uh, my week. Daddy's week. I had three three leading categories. Wow. Ew. Ew. He just called it Daddy's Week. I gotta get off this podcast. That's what he does, bro. Yeah, if you're around Zach enough, that, that just becomes your life, bro. It's how we ended up calling this freaking podcast Daddy's League Podcast. Hang it up. Hang it up. That's what oh, these kids call me. It's weird. <laughs> I guess I have a lot of like paternal joking in the sleeper app i just have never heard it explicitly vote like through vocals Nah, it is bro it is and then uh just real quick since i do this when i'm on 
the NBA leaders of the week, um, or sorry, of the season. Points, you have Bradley Beal at 34.9, still insane on Big R's team. Um, assists, we have Harden averaging 11.1. Rebounds, Drummond at 15.1. And there's actually now a new second, which is Capella at 14.4. Um, oh, wow. So. Steals, we have Jimmy Butler at 2.1, and he is tied with OG and, and an OB, OB, baby. And Larry Nance Jr. They're all averaging 2.1. Um, blocks, Miles Turner still leading that. Don't think he's going to go anywhere. He's at 3.9. And then Cat in the three games he's played is averaging 2.8. <laughs> And then three-pointers made, McCollum is still number one at 4.8 a game. And then Steph is slowly getting closer, and he's at four and a half. And I think he's going to have over five tonight because I think he has four right now at halftime. So, Wow. Just be chucking. I'm down. Just be chucking it up, bro. Well, boys, good pod. Anything else we got here today? Uh, Good luck to everyone in their matchups this week. Unless you're playing against me, in which case I'm glad that Devin Booker did not play. But I also don't, uh, I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> Screw the ESPN app. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Good trade, scam.